Basty White, did you hear the big, huge news about All In? Hell yeah, I heard about All In. How are you going to miss on that? Yes. Cloudstyle has gone all in on putting out a brand new show called Buttered Pop Culture. And we have sold 10,000 downloads. Almost 10 downloads. What? No, 10,000. 10, 10, 10 downloads. 10? You sure it was 10? 10 downloads. Oh. What? That's a good grounding point for the first episode. I mean, within 24 hours. Can't get mad about that. Hey, well, to all ten of you that downloaded the very first episode of Buttered Pop Culture, and to the ten more that'll download it after hearing this, we thank you so much. Ah, it's good to be back in the booth, man. These weeks just seem like they're getting longer and longer, and I can't wait to be here. It's one of the highlights of my week every week. We're back. B-Sticks Podcast. You know. You know. He's a man. Such a man. Well, Pasty, who do, who do we got to thank for bringing us beef sticks this week? No, oh, as always, we gotta thank the good old folks at Monster Wear Clothing for supporting the show. That's right, you can get your high quality, top grade, vinyl decals, customized your like along with custom t-shirts for very hot quality hand painted hoppy masks matter of fact I'm pretty sure he'll paint whatever you ask him to as long as the price is right and I tell you what you can get anything you would like on any budget you bring forward he's willing to work with you as he works with us he's a man he's a man's man he's monster wear clothing Hit up my boy, Corey Matthews, today. I don't know, Pasty White Extension. He'll hook you up with a sweet deal. And quick turnaround times. You don't want to miss out on this, folks. This offer is pleading. Yes. Pleading. Don't forget, if you want to send us a line, you can hit us up at beefstickspodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the Facebook page where we got lots of videos, pictures, information, and tidbits, and updates at facebook.com forward slash beefstickspodcast. Or, if you like to twit, you can twiddle your twat over to Twitter at beefsticks. Drop us a line. Tell us what you love. Tell us what you hate. Give us suggestions. Also, make sure if you want to love and support us. You can always head over to patreon.com forward slash cloud style. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can contribute to the success of all of our shows. Not only just beef sticks podcast, but also get local MN fantastic fables and the brand new aforementioned butter pop culture, which is going to be making huge waves. We got so, so much to talk about on that. And if you'd like to actually kind of be a, 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 a person that, that prides themselves on donating or on being a part of the ground floor, you could go to GoFundMe, just search Cloud Style Broadcasting. Hey, drop $50, 100 bucks, Drop 1000 if you'd like, or, you know, drop 10 What Whatever floats your boat or helps you find your lost remote. 
but check us out. We appreciate every little bit that we get from you. Also, if you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to it, make sure to subscribe, make sure to like, drop a comment, tell your friends, share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter, put it around, talk about it in your circle. Because that's the best way for us to get any kind of promotion. More than your money is your word of mouth, is your social media activity, is your love. Your love for us means so much more than any dollars or cents could ever amount to. Mm. And if you want to meet us in person, you can always find us the first week of August down in beautiful Houston, Minnesota at the Galactic Get Down Music Festival. And this just in this week, the Hideaway jumped on board the festival train. That's right. Get all your high-quality tobacco water pipes, bowls, cases. They're going to have a huge, huge setup with all kinds of goodies for you to feast on. So come on out to the Galactic Get Down, brought to you by Seahorse Productions and Dead Larry. You will hear the likes of Dead Larry, that one guy, Useful Jenkins, The Way Down Wanderers, Frogleg, UV Hippo, Natty Nation, Coral Creek, L-Dub, Burbilly, Space Monster, Space Monkey Mafia, Gentlemen's Anti-Temperance League, Smokin' Joe and Friends, the Bob Pat Band, Sister Tree, so many more that we can't even name here because I'm running out of breath. I tell you what, I was driving down the road earlier today listening to my Spotify. Frog Leg came on, and I ended up spending the rest of my afternoon listening to nothing but Frog Leg. God, one of my favorite bands in the local scene. And, God, I just... I can't say enough good things about them. Frogleg, check them out. Check out any of the bands on the Galactic Get Down lineup. You will not be disappointed. This is high-quality music ranging from bluegrass to blues to funk to ska to reggae. To... It, it, I think we pretty much have every genre of music at this festival on a yearly basis, and it's highly, highly entertaining fun. Uh, come on out, spend a weekend with us. Let's get drunk. Let's party. Rage until dawn. That's what we do with Black Get Down. It's like one walking No Way Jose. But not as douchey. <laughs> so with all that out of the way, Pasty White, there's a, there was a question on everybody's shoulders for the last, oh, six months it may be? And the question was whether or not the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes could sell out a 10,000-seat venue with a self-promoted show unaffiliated with any major wrestling companies. But... Apparently, the real question should have been, how fast could they do it? Woo! Right, brother. Th- My head was spinning. In... I didn't even get a chance to buy it. I know. Tickets for All In went on sale at 4 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, May 13th. And in 29 minutes and 36 seconds, 
being at 4.29 p.m., all tickets were sold. This despite early traffic issues through the tra- the ticket website. So a lot of the people who got on immediately couldn't even buy tickets because it was so flooded. Damn. Man, I would have been pissed if I would have been stumbling and fumbling through that and not getting it to work. And then by the time I get it to work, the tickets are all sold out. Oh, I'm sure there are plenty of those horror stories to be told. Now, there's a lot of, uh, anytime somebody succeeds, there's going to be a lot of rumor and innuendo. And, of course, people are talking about scalpers and the secondary market. And, yes, certainly. Well, you can't have an event without scalpers. Yeah, that definitely had a hand in the sellout. As there are tickets already, actually, as of the day after, available at above face value on StubHub and elsewhere. But. That's also an indication that those vendors knew All In was hot and that they wanted to have inventory for people to buy. Scalpers don't buy tickets that they don't know they're going to unload. Now, on the other hand, first-time promoters Cody and the Jacksons may not have limited the number of tickets per order or orders per customer the way that many events do, and they'll admit that. And it could have made it easier for scalpers to corner the market and driven a quick sellout. But, Pacey, no matter how you look at this, this is a huge success for the Bucks and young Cody, who've just done something that no one outside WWE has done in the United States. And literally, this was on no more than their names and their hard in-ring work alone. Right. And there's still more announcements to the lineup that are to be made. Like, we don't know barely anything about the show. And they sold it out. In an instant. In the blink of a fucking eye. For a pair of I don't know how yeah, that matters. But it does. They've, they've talked about some people that are going to be there, but they haven't really announced any actual matches. Um, the newest announcement was Rey Mysterio is going to be there, which is awesome. Um, we know, like, the likes of Marty Skrull are going to be there, Kazuchika Okada, uh, so many more. But we, we really don't have any actual matches. People assume there was going to be a Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega match, but by then that may be old news. Uh, I don't know. But on the heels I of... Go ahead. I do have a very strong feeling that CM Punk will be at this event. He is going to be in the area for signings, for sure. And if Punk does make it to this event, and he does wrestle, if it's anyone other than Marty Skrull, I am going to no longer be a Punk fan for the rest of my life. If you're not going <laughs> to give us what we want, don't give us anything at all. Don't play Roman Reigns on us, Punk. You go there, you battle Marty Skrull one-on-one. The two best in the world, I want to fucking see it. If it's anything else, pack your punk ass back. You mean you wouldn't settle for Punk versus Omega? No, I, there isn't anything there I want. Not really. They don't really have the the conflict. The, no, that's I don't want to see Punk Omega. I would rather see uh, Cody Omega... Or or any other number of, of matches, but I don't know. Okada Omega again would be great. I would love to see that. 
I don't know. I think the villain Marty Skrull would be great for... I mean, those those two have such a complementary but also unique style. I mean, they were just... They were, they were born to wrestle each other. God, they were born to wrestle each other. I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. If he actually shows up for this, he's going to get a lot of cred in my book because... As much as I, I can't take anything away from his in-ring talent as a wrestler, um, him as a person has lot, a lot of, lost a lot of respect from me, just the way that he's acted, treated fans, treated the industry, behaved, so to speak. He's kind of behaved in his outside life, how Roman Reigns behaves on WWE TV. <laughs> and that's just not appealing. <laughs> but if he actually came out of retirement... You know, fucking sucked it up, put his pride behind him, and supported these hardworking indie guys, who allegedly is what he was fighting for his entire life anyways, then yeah, I don't care. On In reality, I don't care if he ends up wrestling um, James Ellsworth. I'll, I'll give him credit. <laughs> yeah, this is... Gonna be huge, and now is just the build. Now we build it up, and we see what what is actually in store for the all event. I can't wait to watch it. It's gonna be it's gonna be something. It is gonna be literally, a sight for sore eyes. It is the to me. This is going to be the biggest wrestling event this year outside of WWE. Obviously, WrestleMania is the biggest, and you can argue Rumble, Greatest Rumble, SummerSlam, all of those. Sure. Outside of WWE, I don't know that anything is going to be as big as this. And shit, Daniel Bryan may have been cleared to wrestle for WWE again, but he is still yet to sign on a new contract, extending his contract. Therefore, his contract is still up. The day before All In takes the place. The day of All In. Oh, the day of? There Which you go. Is, um, he was actually recently on um, Jericho's podcast, and he said if he wanted to do that, he would literally have to get a lawyer ahead of time, and they would have to deliberate probably weeks in advance with WWE to figure out what the actual language is on his contract, because if his contract is up that day at 12.01 a.m., then he would be able to wrestle. But if it's up at 11.59 p.m., he would not be able to wrestle. (laughs) In which Jericho actually joked, hey, you know what, you could come there and you could wrestle the entire event under a mask, and then after 12 midnight, just rip your mask off and it'll be Daniel Bryan. (laughs) Which would just be effing awesome. Especially if they played it like Mr. America or some of the other guys where they've made it obvious who it is. (laughs) Well, from the sounds of it, now Daniel's starting to get his his wits about him and he's he's aiming for the WWE Championship once again. So we don't know what's going to happen there either. It's all speculation, but I think that fuels it even better. You know, not knowing what could happen. Yeah, I don't think Daniel Bryan has any idea what's happening even a month from today. I think he's still feeling it out. So talking about uh, independent, huge shows involving wrestling, Pasty, there's a giant show 
that we are not going to be a part of. But I hope like hell by next year, if we're not a part of it, you and I can at least go to it. And that is StarCast. Have you heard about this yet, Pasty? No, I haven't. StarCast is the very first and largest pro wrestling podcast, um, uh, like, get-together. Like, um, like a Comic-Con, but this is for pro wrestling podcasts. And it is going to have a who's who of people there. Not only are you... It's getting put on by Conrad Thompson, who is probably the biggest non-professional wrestling guy in pro wrestling podcast. But you're going to get the likes of X-Pac doing his X-Pac 1, 2, 3, 60. And he's going to have um, NWO Scott Hall and Kevin Nash on his panel. You're going to get Medusa there. You're going to get Keeping It 100 with Conan, Disco Inferno, and Hurricane Helms. You're going to get Why It Ended with Robbie E., The Art of Wrestling with Colt Cabana. You're going to get a video game tournament hosted by Leva Bates. You're also going to get for the All-In with the Young Bucks and Cody. You're going to get the Way-Ins for the All-In. Yes, that is right. You will actually get the Way-Ins and the Prefs Conference, excuse me, for All-In. That means the big-time wrestlers, the Bucks, Omega, they're all going to get their weigh-ins. They're going to hold a press conference there at StarCast. There's going to be a Ooh. roast of brother love himself, Bruce Pritchard. You're also going to get Jeff Jarrett, Tully Blanchard, Lex Luger, Road Warrior, Animal, in a War Games retrospective. And Jerry Lawler and Terry Funk are actually going to sit down and dissect their empty arena match. You're also going to get What Happened When Monday with Tony Schiavone and guests. And Matthew is going to be there to put on a live Botchomania with Conrad Thompson and Tony Schiavone. Oh, it's going to be awesome. And there's so much more. You're going to have Eric Bischoff, Bruce Pritchard, Tony Schiavone, meet and greets with the Young Bucks and Cody and everyone else. The biggest First and only pro wrestling podcast con ever, Starcast. It's being held in. Um, it's being held in Chicago. I should look up so that you can actually know where you can go. I, I want to go here. I know I don't have the money to do it. Um, I would love to. Oh yeah, there's also going to be a DDP yoga workshop there. Um, nice. honestly, Pasty, if, if we, if we aren't featured in this next year, we definitely at least have to go and check it yeah, out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is the biggest thing in pro wrestling podcasts ever. Um, let's schedule. Maybe I want to go to schedule. No, I don't want to go to schedule. Travel. Anyways, just look it up. Go to starcast.com. That's S-T-A-R-R cast. Kind of like the old Starcade folks. Starcast.com to get your tickets. It's going to be just amazing. It's going to be great. Sounds fantastic. I wish we could be a part of it this year. Christ. Ah. Ah. Yeah, I, I would love to just... If, if I had any extra money to, to spend that I wouldn't be spending on the Galactic Get Down, I'd be going to that. But 
maybe I'll try to figure stuff out to next year to get some funds in order to make sure that we can at least go, if not be a part of it. So, I guess we've shilled enough for other people, Pasty. Let's talk about what the funk is happening in pro wrestling this week. Alright. So, we're going to start the news with signings. We always like to start the news with positive stuff. We only have one signing of note, and we have like six injury reports. I never like when the news goes this way, but folks, that's just the way it is. I don't make the news. We just report it. Rich Swan will be regularly appearing for Impact Wrestling, debuting June 1st. Now, if y'all don't remember, uh, we reported Swan had been released by WWE back in February following an arrest related to a domestic violence incident. Now, charges against him were later dropped, though due to conflicting eyewitness accounts and lack of evidence. Swan's wife, who refused to press charges on that whole account, is current Impact Wrestling knockout Sue Young. So the move to Impact just makes sense for him, both professionally and personally, Pasty. Yeah. And I speak for both of us when I say I think WWE's loss is a huge gain for Impact Wrestling because Rich Swan was definitely one of the standouts of the 205 Live division and he can only help Impact Wrestling, which is just blossoming right now. I mean, just booming with talent, with great product, in-ring action, storylines, talent. It's just, this is the renaissance that we've seen back in, uh, I would say, 06, 07 it, All is, over again. Yeah, it's awesome. Good shit, man. Good, big props to Rich Swan, man. He he deserves a good place to to, to hang his boots. He does. And as much shit as I gave him during that whole domestic dispute debacle, I mean, the man was acquitted of all charges. I don't think there's really anything you can look at him and hold against him. It wasn't like a reoccurring thing. It was a one-time thing. He was acquitted of it. His wife stands behind him. There wasn't, you know, strong evidence against him. There were eyewitnesses that said he was being ruthless with her. There was eyewitnesses who said he didn't do a damn thing. So, you gotta give, at this point, you gotta give him the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, remember, it wasn't wasn't too long ago, uh, maybe two, two and a half months ago, that Rich Swan was posting tweets about not even being able to get a job in the indies because of the dark shadow following him. And now that he's in a, I mean, it's still, some people say it's still an indie. Some people say it's still bigger, whatever it is. It's an impact is, is bigger than a lot of other places you could be. Oh yeah. And for him to be in right now can mean nothing but good things for him and impact wrestling. Um, speaking of 205 Live, Pasty, I don't think we reported this, and I recently just found this out, and by recently, I mean yesterday. Did you know that 205 Live is no longer live? No, I didn't. I just found this out. Is it just called 205 Live? It's called 205 Live still at this point, but they are being pre-taped. But they're being taped, um... Like, after Raw, I believe it is, or something like that, and then being aired after SmackDown. Okay. 
Or or they're being taped after... Do they have something else after SmackDown right now, before 205 Live? It could be that they're being taped then and then being aired later. I think that's what it is, now that I think of it. What is Camp WWE? That's Sundays oh, on the so, WWE. Okay, I was going to say, that'd be so sad if that took a spot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, I just recently they just heard... make people sit in the sit in the arena watching Camp WWE, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then you wonder why they oh, aren't God. cheering by the time Two Hundred Five Live comes out. No, I just recently heard that it isn't live anymore. So I'm, I'm assuming a name change is going to come soon, but or a cancellation, I guess. Dare I say? I don't think so. I would say a name change before a cancellation, but. Who knows? Away from signing, let's get into big news. Let's get into big Cass news, pasty. Big Cass has recently moved into Enzo's old doghouse. After breaking up with former tag partner Enzo Amore, Big Cass was seemed to be set up for a push as a singles competitor. Then, of course, we all know that the ACL injury put the big man out of action for eight months. He did return to SmackDown, though, and he attacked AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan when he did. The next week, he revealed that he had attacked Bryan backstage, explaining that he chose his victim because his own return from injury was overshadowed by the goat man's return to in-ring action. But, after tapping out to Bryan at Backlash, Cass wasn't even present on the Fallout episode of SmackDown Live. His absence was attributed to heat from management for going off script during a segment with the little version of Daniel Bryan portrayed by a little person on WWE the week prior. Reports have emerged that Big Cass was was at the receiving end of some heat backstage after he went off script last week. Apparently what happened was when he brought out the... Let's just call a spade a spade. When he brought out the midget portraying Daniel Bryan, he was allegedly supposed to just big boot the guy and then leave. Well, Big Cass thought he should do more to up his heelish persona. So he went to the booker and he told the booker, you know what, I want to big boot him, but then I want to mount him and, and take him out and pummel him. And the booker said, no, just stick to what we got. Cass felt he knew better, so he went to Vince McMahon himself. He jumped up to the head guy, the real big dog. He went to Vince and he said, Vince, you know what? I think in order to get me over as a heel and really give me some heat, after I boot this midget, I need to mount him and pummel him. Which, you know what, Pasty, up to this point right here, I'm like, good for you, big Cass. This is what right, everybody... taking some initiative. That's what they tell you you're supposed to do, right? That's yeah. what the, the Stone Colds and the Triple H's and the Vince McMahon's and the John Cena's say they want you to do. Well, apparently Vince said, All right, buddy, I hear your idea, but let's go with just the big boot. Leave it at that. So, as anybody who's ever worked for a boss in your life knows... Even if you think you have a better idea, you should definitely bring it to your boss. But if your boss says this is what you do, you do what the boss says. Well, allegedly, 
Big Cass decided to ignore the boss because what we saw on TV was him big booting the midget and then mounting him and then pummeling him. So this is where the heat is reportedly coming from. And WWE now plans to go ahead with Cass versus Brian as a feud as they don't have any other feud lined up for Cass and they want to hold off on the storyline between The Miz and Daniel Bryan currently. So the former Colin Cassidy, as it was, was absent from last week's episode of SmackDown Live, but will probably be present this Tuesday night. Bryan failed to qualify for the Money in the Bank match, as we've seen, so another match with Cass is probably going to be set up at the pay-per-view. What do you think of all this, Pasty? What do you think of Big Cass's, you know, big britches, if it were? I don't know. The man's got a lot of balls coming back from injury and just calling it his way. That's, that's not the way the company works, and that's not how you get over with the guys backstage. It's rough, and I don't think good things are going to happen for Big Cass anytime soon. And, you know, my biggest thing with all of this is... If if you're going to stand your ground, if you're going to make a stance, if you're going to plant your heels, and you're going to say, no, damn it, this is what it should be, find something more impactful than beating up a midget. Son of a right. bitch. Right, you know, it makes like, you look like a pathetic human being. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I get it. Okay, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, maybe they were told, don't blade. And they both got together and said, you know what, we're going to do it the hard way. This needs blood. Let's do it. Okay, that was big. That added something to it. You know, there's a lot of reasons that you could go off script to make a name for yourself. Nobody's going to remember you beating up a fake Daniel Bryan midget a week from then. That's not the place to make your stance, Cass. Could you imagine getting fired over something as stupid as that? Right, right. I mean, you got to watch yourself in today's era. Like, ten years ago, that probably would have been okay. Yeah, and I don't know if it's something with, like, if they want to be careful using little people, and I, I don't know. I don't know what WWE wants to do nowadays. They Some days they want to be edgy, some days they want to fucking walk the tightrope. So I, I don't know if that's I feel like they, they wanted to build him a certain way, and by him going that far, they can't really do it the way they wanted to anymore. I don't know how that would equate, but that's kind of the suspicion I have sneaking around the back of my mind. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it this week, Pasty, but this week's Table for Three featured an interesting little tidbit of information. As... Road Dog Jesse James, as you and I were talking about from the old Three Live Crew days, <laughs> revealed <laughs> AJ's current theme song was actually originally written for Impact Wrestling star James Storm. Jeff Jarrett was talking about AJ Styles' history of great entrance music, and Road Dog told him that AJ's music was actually written for Storm. He noted the song was written for James when he had a brief stint in NXT and it was believed at that time that Storm was going to sign with the E. Things didn't quite work out, and as we all know, the Cowboy ended up returning to Impact after turning down a WWE deal, and AJ Styles adopted the phenomenal song as his own. Very interesting. Very interesting. 
Yeah, this is a pretty common thing with WWE recycling and reusing music. Mm-hmm. Um, it usually know, winds up where it should, though. Yeah, Kurt Angle's theme used to be the Patriots theme. Uh, for the longest time, I couldn't differentiate the two, and now it's like if I see the Patriot come out, it, it seems weird coming out to Kurt Angle's music. Um, Bill Goldberg's theme music used to be in WCW. Uh, oh, shit. I can't even remember. Somebody very un-Bill Goldberg-like. Um, God, that's escaping me. Uh, but even like the Raw theme song, if I remember it, one of the Raw theme songs started out as... Um, as an, uh, a McMahon's entrance, as somebody's entrance, and actually ended up becoming a Raw theme song. And it was just one of their own. So, I mean, it, it's a pretty common, normal thing. Oh, yeah. No, uh, to, down to the fact that Shinsuke Nakamura was a, a, uh, originally supposed to have Bobby Roode's glorious theme music. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's a good one. That, that takes place in current times. So, yeah, they, they you know, they, they make music. They make A lot of times they make music before wrestlers get there. A lot of times they make music for wrestlers. But sometimes it just doesn't feel right. And you don't throw it away. You know, you just reuse right. it. Right, you just sit like, on it and wait for the right time. Just like real musicians do, you know? Like, five musicians can turn down a song that another musician will pick up, and then it'll be platinum. But you can't say those people were wrong for turning it down, because maybe the song that Jay-Z turned down that Will Smith picked up wouldn't have worked for Jay-Z. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You just can't look at it that way. Uh, Booker T took to Twitter earlier today and revealed a new Reality of Wrestling Championship belt. Actually, multiple new Reality of Championship belts. A TV title, a world title, and a Texas title. He put out a video that we have posted on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Podcast. Go check it out. Um, let us know what you think. Comment on it. Tell us how you think of them. Also, you know, click the link and let Booker T know your thoughts. Give him some credit, too. He's the man that runs the runs the promotion and made the belt, so give that man some credit. But uh, I think they look kind of neat, kind of cool. Check them out. Check them out. Something I found fun. Bully Ray replied to a fan on Twitter, and he revealed that he had a game show idea that he pitched for the WWE Network. On Twitter, he writes, I pitched an idea for a game show to WWE Network called Superstar Squares. He says, think Hollywood Squares. Well, yeah, what else would you think? (laughs) A bunch of wrestlers sitting uh, around smoking cigarettes. Oh, I was thinking the most nerdiest wrestlers that you could think of, like IRS and, <laughs> and them guys, you know, just sitting around and like, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd be like table for three. Right? Uh, you thought it would be fun and entertaining with fans being the contestants. So, with that being said, Pasty, this begs the question, which nine current superstars, whether they're in-ring or not, which nine superstars that are in the current product would you like to see in those squares to make some interesting uh tv oh god miz for sure perfect um Heath later oh mick foley 
Mick, always a good pick. Oh, yeah, and he's always down to do stuff for her. Um, Edge and Christian share a square. Edge and Christian. Oh, yeah, yeah, why not? Give them them a square to share. (laughs) I've not a square to spare. (laughs) Uh, I love Seinfeld. (laughs) Um, You're at four. Finley? Who? Fit Finley. Fit, I thought you said Fit Finley. Wow, that came out of left field. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to see him in squares, and he's kind of, he's got the mouth, you know. He, <laughs> he could do it well. Um, oh, you know Hulk Hogan's got to be the center square, brother. Hogan must pose. <laughs> um, God, who else would be I good? I think you got three left, buddy. Xavier Woods. All right. That's perfect. Yeah, we need we need a diva in there. Who who's a good, outspoken, funny? I guess Natalia. No, okay. Becky Lynch. Let's go, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is good. I would have went Renee Young, but okay. Yeah, Renee would be good too. Um, and just because I've been mostly shooting current, let's keep shooting current, and let's go with Braun Strowman. Braun! <laughs> Do you got nine? Um, I will, but let me just say, I can't wait till they get to the question. On Valentine's Day, what will your wife get? And he These hands! <laughs> <laughs> I just can't wait for that one. Um, I'm going to go with Renee Young, because I, I said her. I'm going to go with Dean Ambrose. I think he would be great. Uh, I would like to see... I'm not. Trust me, I'm not just picking S.H.I.E.L.D. people here. I would like to see Roman Reigns, not scripted, put in there. And, and to, to live or die on, on how good he is. Just let him... I think he'd be great, unscripted. So I'm going to go with him. Um, Sergeant Slaughter is not dead, despite what Cole said, so I'm going to put Slaughter in there. He's backstage. Um, Devon Dudley surprised the shit out of me at the Hall of Fame, so I'm putting Devon Dudley in there. I'm going to go, you picked Xavier Woods, who's probably the better of New Day, but I'm going to go with Big E. Let's put Big E in there. I'm going to have the Usos share a square. Um... You gotta have. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Fandango, not Tyler Breeze, just Fandango. Yeah. Uh, do I got one left or two? I think two. Two left. Um. So let's say. Oh, Corey Graves. Duh. God. Gotta have Corey Graves because he's just the best. And um. Since this is fantasy booking, Vince McMahon. Vince, okay. On Valentine's Day, what do you hope to get? Chocolate titties. Ah. <laughs> you can just see it. Just see it. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. I think that would be a great show. I, you know, I don't know if. You know, how it will work to schedule everybody into those things. But, yeah, I think that would be so much fun. 
Well, I mean, the scheduling would be easy. You just shoot multiple episodes in a sitting, and the squares don't always have to be the same either. No, they don't, but you'd have to get everybody together, and it would either have to be before or after an event, and, you know, they're usually pretty busy. So it, it, my guess is you would do it before or after, like, a Raw or SmackDown taping, but even then, they don't have a ton of time if you're going to have some of the bigger name guys on there, so... I could see where it'd be difficult, but God, it'd be so much fun. And they, you know, you and I are always talking, especially you, always talking about how they don't have enough of that original content. Yeah, that's what I want to see. Just give me more entertainment. When they brought this network to fruition, it was supposed to be something where you could go and watch something new every day. And it hasn't been that. Right. It's been very unorganized. They'll drop three episodes of a show here, three episodes there, but it's... I want some, weekly content. Some shows only have three episodes and they're done. Right. Which I guess yeah, when don't... you when you own your own streaming service, you can do that. You know, as opposed to when you own a cable network. I mean, yeah, well, hey, even like broadcasting cable, sometimes they'll order a show and cancel it after the first episode. So I guess you can. The difference right. with them is you never see it again. Where on WWE Network, I almost feel like if you're only going to give us three episodes and cancel it, just delete it completely off of there. Mm-hmm. You know, don't keep it, like, mocking us so that every time you're scrolling through original content, you see it, and then it's like, oh, yeah, there was three episodes. Delete it, keep it out of there, and maybe once every five years, drop a, like, best-of compilation of just random three-episode shows or something. I don't know. Um, you know what? Adult Swim used to do that. Adult Swim would have shows, and they, they'd air pilots of shows. I remember uh, Boo Boo Runs Wild. I loved Kogarth. The Barbarian was fun as shit. They had so many of these these shows that they would have just... Uh, actually, um, Rick and Morty. I believe Rick and uh, the Adventures of, of Doc and Marty was on an Adult Swim um, one time. Just like one of the episodes. So they had all these ones that they only had like one or two episodes of. And then... Every now and then on a Sunday night, they would air two hours of a ton of 15-minute, only one-episode shows. And it was fun. Whenever you'd catch that, this was before, like, DVRs and shit. When you'd catch that Sunday, it was awesome. You'd be like, yes, I remember this one show. This one episode. The Drinky Crow Show lasted, like, four or five episodes. I love the Drinky Crow Show. Yeah. Do something like that. Don't tease us with it. I went off on a tangent. I'm and sorry. then, you know, there's good shows on the network that get canceled, and then there's shows like fucking Camp WWE <laughs> that you can't fucking get rid of, even though nobody likes to watch the shit. They're a cancer. <laughs> yeah, I swear the only people who could ever want to watch Camp WWE are the kids, and they're obviously not marketing it for kids. Right, right. It's not made for children. So if they're following their own rules that they don't want kids watching this mature content, then fucking get rid of Camp WWE, because no adults mm-hmm. are watching it. You know, you try to watch something else to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. I don't know if you've watched any of them yet, Pasty, or not. I think they're the first one. And I got bored. They're pretty lenient on them, but they censor the word fuck for some reason. You know, Bruce Pritchard went on there and said, fuck Dave Meltzer. And it sounded like, 
name Meltzer. (laughs) (laughs) Everything else they let, I mean, they let him say pretty much any other swear word. They've said a lot of swear words on there. Um, shit, and they've, they've talked about China, and they've talked about Hunter, and they've talked about, you know, a lot of shit that you didn't think they'd let them talk about, and they have, but they don't even let them say fuck on that. And they give you not only the TVMA warning, but then they give you a little thing ahead of time saying that it's mature content, and it may not reflect WWE's views, and yeah, I don't know. Pick your side of the road, WWE. Mm-hmm. We done ranting on that subject, Pasty? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to think, like, what more good shit that got taken off the network. Am I... I'm still pissed that there hasn't been a second season of Legends House. I, I am too, you know, and it doesn't have to be. I know they wanted to make the next season the Attitude Era. It doesn't have to be. You can put people from multiple eras right. in there. It doesn't matter. We just want to see mm-hmm. a bunch of has-beens go out and do ridiculous fucking shit that they would never do in their real life and laugh about it. Um, There's a show that's on, I believe, NBC, and it's called... I'm not going to remember what it's called, Pacey. But what it is, is it's Henry Winkler. Have you seen this, Pacey? It's Henry Winkler, uh, William Shatner, George Foreman, and Terry Bradshaw. And it's these four has-beens. You know, celebrities. But they're, at this point in their career, they're they're B-list celebrities. They've all been A-list celebrities at some point in their career. But at this point, they're B-list celebrities. And there's at least two or three seasons of this. What they do is they get them together... And they take them to um, the first season, they took them to Asia, Southeast Asia. The second one, they took them to uh, Eastern Europe. And they just put them on these wild, wacky adventures. I mean, it's it's like half reality TV. Well, it's all reality TV, but we know reality TV scripted as fuck. So they put them to these pre-scripted places. But a lot of their reactions are fairly real, and you get to see them talk, and you get to see them laugh, and you get to see them put in these uncomfortable situations, and eat weird food, and follow weird customs, and it's just, it's just fun to see people that you grew up with, and idolized, and you enjoy, and you remember, do some weird fucking shit for a half hour. That's how VH1 was created, isn't it, Pasty? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh, what do we do with all these people that we can't air on MTV anymore? Fucking let's create a new station and put all their videos on there. And then when they aired all of their videos 30,000 times, they're like, we can't keep airing the same videos. Let's get the real people nowadays and just record them doing weird shit, man. All right, somebody get Gary <laughs> Coleman, Vanilla Ice. Tammy, Le- Tammy Faye Baker, put them in a house together. It'll be fun as shit. <laughs> and as soon as they got bored with that and people wouldn't do that anymore, they were like, all right, the celebrities are no longer coming to the house just for free drinks and weird adventures. All right, let's pay a bunch of hookers to fuck them. Who can we get to together that'll just fuck a bunch of hookers? And just from the distance. They didn't even ask anybody. They were sitting in an office, the executives, and they said, what old celebrity can we get to fuck a bunch of hookers? And in the distance they heard, 
Flavor Flav! <laughs> like a fucking bat signal. And the flavor <laughs> of love was born. And then you got Rock of Love and I Love New York and a thousand other spinoffs from that. But yeah, that's that's VH1's premise. Wasn't I Love Lucy a spinoff of that? Uh, yeah, I Love Lucy. They got Lucy Ricardo and, and uh, Ricky Ricardo. And um, they were a spinoff of... Because of, I think I think Lucy... I think really Lucy was on the first Flavor of Love. But she got cut. He called her Red. She was Red Fire is what he called her. You know, because they all had nicknames then. Mm-hmm. And she got cut. And then, um, and then Ricky Ricardo was on I Love New York, and he got cut. And so that's how that show I Love Lucy came together. They put the two rejects together. That's what it was. There you go. Yeah. Sounds right. <laughs> yep. Yep, that, that's the way it was, man. So on to the sad news of the week. We got a lot of injuries to report here. I mean, to be fair, there's a couple updates. Updates aren't always bad. Actually, our two updates are actually positive. But just the fact that there's any injuries is always sad. In in an industry, that injuries take you out. Uh, The first one we got here, U.S. champion Jeff Hardy faced The Miz in a dark match from the main event of SmackDown Live just last night. Although Hardy won the match... The big talking point from the match was a possible leg injury sustained by Hardy. Fans in the the arena noted that Jeff was noticeably wobbling after a point. He had to be helped backstage. There's some uh, uh, camera cell phone footage and pictures. Now, this just happened last night, so I'm going to put this out here right now. This could be Hardy just really selling because Hardy is good at selling. But the way it sounds is fans seem to feel it's legit. No real news on whether it's legit or not, folks. This literally broke last night, so we're just telling you what we know at this point. What we know is that he was wobbling and had to be held back. <coughs> Work or shoot, I don't know. I have no clue. Being at a, black, a dark match, I did not get to see it, so I can't Great. give my analysis. And Jeff Hardy, I mean, from day one, has been one of the better sellers. Oh, yeah. So it easily could be a work. Jeff Hardy also has had multiple injuries, and it could be a shoot. I mean, we just won't know. We'll let you know an update when we find something out, folks. But this right now, this is literally just us letting you know this I guess the big thing is, is why, would you, why would you work a crowd in a dark match? You know, oh, I mean, it, it has no. Why? Why wouldn't? Yeah, but it's just power. It has no lasting story or outcome well, because it's, just, it's dark. It's just selling. You, should, I mean, on house shows and everything else, you still sell. Yeah. If Braun Strowman beats the shit out of you in the middle of the ring, I don't care if it's a house show in front of three hundred people. You should still sell having a hard time going to the back. You shouldn't just get up and start dancing and high five. You shouldn't start no way Joseing people. <laughs> I mean, just be professional. You should still sell. But I, I hear what you're saying. Should he be selling so hard it looks that real? Uh, again, it's Jeff Hardy. I mean, he would. Right, right. And he, he takes his art seriously. So, 
I don't I don't know. All we have is to tell you what happened. Um, one thing we do know is that former WWE Women's Champion, former Knockouts Champion, and a TNA Hall of Famer, Gail Kim, had a scare this last Sunday night. She tweeted, quote, I thought I had food poisoning tonight. Turned out it was appendicitis and caught it in the nick of time. Surgery in the AM. The next day, she tweeted an update saying, quote, Thanks, everyone, for the well wishes. Everything went as well as can be. Amazing doctor and hospital staff. I'll probably be home tomorrow for recovery. So we wish Gail Kim a swift recovery. Um, the first thing I thought when I read this pasty is if it would have been food poisoning, it would have been awesome if it happened during a taping of her husband's... Um, Restaurant Impossible TV series where he goes to horrible restaurants and has to turn them around. Like she was tasting the food and it turned out it was just left <laughs> out for weeks and she, like that would sell an episode. Right. <laughs> that is sent her to the hospital. <laughs> they should they should have filmed this shit and just aired it as it happened. Like, I mean, again, it's a reality show. Half of it's fake. Just play it off. <laughs> oh. Robert, have you ever seen her husband? You know Robert Irvine from the Food Network and and that shit, Pasty? Do you know uh, who that is? I don't believe so. So he's a he's a big-time chef, like a well-known chef. He has multiple TV shows and shit like that. And, and that's what he does. He's a chef. That's all he does. He doesn't wrestle. He doesn't do MMA. He isn't in any sports. He's a chef. This motherfucker is at least as big as Batista, if not bigger. Like, he's swole as shit. Oh, fuck. You just need to, like, just actually hit up your Google machine right now and just look up Robert Irvine and just look at a picture of him because he's fucking ripped. And all he is is a chef. I just, I can't believe it. It's fucking crazy. While you do that, I'm going to move on to our next injury report, which is former ROH or Ring of Honor world champion and TV champion Jay Lethal. He suffered an injury during a match. Ring of Honor announced that Lethal was injured during the War of Worlds Toronto main event, which was a tag team match between the teams of Evil, Sonata, and Hiromu Takahashi, going against Kenny King, Colt Cabana, and Jay Lethal. For some reason, there's a lot of k in that, and I think Jay should have had a different name. Like Kenny King, Colt Cabana, and K. Keithel. Anyway, <laughs> Dave Meltzer on four <laughs> right? They could have just been called <laughs> <laughs> on F4 rest, our F4W online gave more details on Jay Lethal's injury, reporting that Lethal was injured late in the match when he did a spot with a sunset flip powerbomb to the floor and ended up having memory issues after the match, which is never good. It is reported that he is in better condition now, but he will not be appearing for his scheduled four-way match in Royal Oak, Michigan with King, Matt Taven, and Marty Skrull on the War of the Worlds show, but instead Sonata will be replacing him in the four-way match. Our friend Dave Meltzer also reported this week that NXT star Riddick Moss would be out of action for up to eight months with a torn Achilles tendon. Meltzer added Jesus. that Moss was present at last week's NXT tapings, but he was on crutches. 
Eight months is a long time to be off. Um, this, to me, this is another positive for NXT with the fact that it's an hour long and a lot of times you can go three or four episodes without seeing a wrestler anyways. This doesn't hurt a wrestler as much being on NXT as it does the main roster. I feel bad for him. I'm sorry for him, but you know, that's, I, I try to look at the positive and to me, that's, that's one of the things I see pasty when I hear this. Yeah, I agree with you there. It could be a lot worse. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it hurts him the same. You right, know, right. The, the the level of pain is the same, <laughs> but yeah, and it does not. I mean, I'm talking about just being on TV, but obviously they're wrestling throughout the weeks that are not on TV. So he's missing out on all these shows, obviously, and this is his his art. This is what he loves. So yeah, you, you are correct, Pacey. This doesn't take away from his pain. Yeah. I, I'm just being a selfish prick. <laughs> Where I'm not going to notice it as badly. <laughs> yeah, he's going to miss out on NXT's big road trip that Triple H had announced not so long ago. Yes. Yes, he is. That's got to suck. Poor Maybe he's not injured. Maybe he has a felony and can't leave the country. do 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 So speaking of felons that can't leave the country, that's not Charlotte Flair. But Charlotte Flair did lose her teeth in a WWE live event in Oberhausen, Germany. <laughs> Man, your segues are so on point, my I friend. know, right? Fucking awesome. <laughs> um, Charlotte even tried to turn down taking a photo with a fan for the same reason. But the girl did get a pic of the queen, although Charlotte was covering her face. She then posted an update on her Instagram story with a picture before and after getting dental work done. Now, to be fair, the before and after pics, the before pic, she has her mouth closed and the after pic, it's open. I have not found a single picture of her with her teeth busted (laughs) out yet. And I scoured today, Pasty. I scoured the interwebs. You should have fucking owned that shit like Cesaro like did. Like Cesaro, yes! It just looks badass. She could sell shirts. Right. If she wants to be the badass she claims to be. She could have a shirt that says, Tharlet Flair. <laughs> just another reason that I, I'm just not going to get behind Charlotte. This is just one more reason. She doesn't own a badass injury like this. Right. Yeah, that's like you gotta wear that shit like a badge of fucking honor, man. You broke your teeth doing doesn't, something you love, you fucking Yeah, doesn't that seem I, own that. and I don't mean the sexist or disrespectful, that comes off as girly to me. Yeah. Like if you wanna be a badass woman's division, we deserve main events, we deserve cage matches, we deserve first times evers, then fucking show every bump, bruise and busted tooth. We want to see that. I think it's mm-hmm. awesome. So. Step up your game, Charlotte. I mean, it's one thing. If you lose it in a, in a match and you're giving out your all, you know, that's great. It's not like a lot of lower middle class people whose teeth rot out of their mouths <laughs> that want to hide it. You know right? what I mean? I look at somebody like. It's uh, completely different. I look at somebody like Candice LeRae. Johnny Gargano's uh, girlfriend. Man, in the indies, she tore her shit up. She would be busted open, bleeding everywhere, bruised all over. 
swollen eyes. Like, she went hard fucking mm-hmm. core. She's one of the most beautiful women in wrestling. I never looked at her after one of those things and just was like, man, that's an ugly woman. I just thought, damn, <laughs> she's a badass wrestler. And then afterwards, when she was healed, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a beautiful woman also. But she's a badass wrestler first, and that's what I've seen. Yeah. Own it, Charlotte. Own it. Speaking to somebody who's actually owning it, Brandy Rhodes posted a tweet showing an x-ray after her successful shoulder injury, which shows multiple screws in her shoulder with the caption, bionic as fuck. Talk about owning it. We've actually posted that pic on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash beefsticks podcast. Check it out. That's how Was you that do it, the uh, injury she took at uh, Supercard of Honor? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. So, she's owning it. I'm sure she's got an ugly scar, and I'm sure those screws don't look sexy, but she's like, hey, I'm bionic, bitch. Right. I'm like the million dollar... I'm on the way Steve's from now on. I'm, I almost said the million dollar man Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I meant... Um, God, Steve Austin. What was he? The, 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 the $6 million, I'm like the $6 million man, Steve Austin. I was mixing Ted DiBiase with the ringmaster. <laughs> right, right. The fuck? God damn it. It's the $6 million <laughs> man, Steve Austin. And he fucked a Sasquatch. Never forget, Did Family Guy something about the million dollar man? Where they only had so much money to put into him? That's um, old Family Guy. I don't know. I know that Robot Chicken did a six million peso man. <laughs> and it was like seven bucks American cash or something. <laughs> it was like this Mexican got hurt and then, and then they, we can rebuild him. We have the money and they rebuilt him. And then they're like, all right, he's now the six million peso man. And then they did the, and he just jumps the fence to America. And they're like, damn, there's 21 bucks American gone. <laughs> I don't remember that one. The six million peso man. Um, speaking of six million pesos, Dean Ambrose gets at least that per year. And he's been rehabbing a tricep tear. <laughs> My segues are just on point, man. Um, he's been rehabbing a <laughs> tricep tear full time in Birmingham, Alabama for the past month, according to PW Insider. Now, he sustained this injury back in December. Fucking Mega Man has infiltrated my house. Folks, settle down. I think Dr. Eggman may be involved. I'm going to get a hold of uh, Treble and Bass, both. Why Dr. Eggman? I think they got it. I think they got it. Um, I don't know. Weird universal crossover there. I know. I I met Dr. Wiley, but it came up spur of the moment, and I didn't... I didn't, Doctor fucking, I didn't plan that, so it came out Dr. Eggman instead of Dr. Wiley. Fuck. But anyway. Sure. <laughs> um, so Dean Ambrose sustained this injury back in December 27, tearing over 50% of his tricep tendon away from 2017. the bone. 27. Did I, did That's I not say, even a year. I'm way off, Pasty. I'm off. <laughs> Just finish this up, Pacey. Finish it up. Uh, <laughs> Take over. 
He sustained the injury in December 2017, tearing away over 50% of the tricep tendon away from the bone, according to the doctor who performed the surgery, Dr. Jeffrey Dugas. Dugas. That was five months ago. And at the time, WWE speculated Ambrose would be out of action for approximately nine months. I gotta say, I haven't really missed him much, unfortunately. You know, I honestly thought, and, and I still think, that their plan was to try to get him rehabbed by WrestleMania, but obviously that was months away now, and it seems like he's months away from being cleared, so... Right. But, you know, sometimes they heal so much faster than they say, and sometimes later than they say, so... Who knows? Uh, I just can't imagine what Dean Ambrose does on a daily basis when he's not wrestling. It's got to be a weird life. I just, I just picture him sitting on the couch eating Charleston chews. <laughs> I mean, Dean just seems like a Charleston chew kind of guy, doesn't he? Watching old Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. I, I You know, I pictured Steven Seagal. But yeah, Arnold maybe. <laughs> Either, yeah, maybe, maybe he just takes a few at a time. A couple Arn, a couple Steve. You know, throw in a, J, a JCVD every now and then. <laughs> we talk about Arnold and shit. And that just leads me to think another thing that I saw recently. Uh, the the Predators, or the Predator. The Predator. Predator. Yes. Yep, the Predator, the, the reboot. The Predator. And um, did you see the trailer, Pasty? Yes. It is fucking... It, they took the premise of Jumanji... And just replaced Jumanji with the Predator. <laughs> they did. They did. There's a the, the premise of the movie is a kid is fucking digging around in the basement. Okay, that was the start of Jumanji, the reboot of Jumanji. The kid <laughs> finds something he's not supposed to find. In Jumanji, it was Jumanji. In Predator, it's the Predator suit. In Jumanji, he plugs the game in. In the Predator suit, he turns the suit on. It's fucking Jumanji, but they replaced Jumanji with the Predator. Who the fuck's writing this shit? <laughs> what? Who thought it was a good idea to have a kid fucking spawn the Predator? Like, I almost feel like like it's gonna be like Gizmo Duck from from uh, Ducktales, and like the kid's gonna say a special word and he becomes the Predator, and now there's this eight year old kid wandering around. <laughs> He can't speak English anymore. He doesn't want to kill people, but he doesn't know how to use the suit. Right, right. All he sees is fucking, he sees colors. And then, like, he thinks that these three little dots are how he talks to people. So he aims it at them and pushes a button. (laughs) They're disintegrated. He didn't mean to. He was trying to communicate. He can't talk through this helmet. (laughs) And his own father has to hunt down the predator. Right. And take him down. His father is Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) <laughs> I've seen this before only one time. I knew I shouldn't have kept that suit in the dick. <laughs> right? It's my own fault. I, I must give my life for my sons. <laughs> why? Why the fuck does anybody? Let's say it's not Arnold. Why do they have the Predator suit in their basement, pasty? Right. What the fuck is it doing there? Like in an old box. Did they buy it from a fucking garage sale? <laughs> was fucking Sigourney Weaver having a garage sale from Aliens? And the old props in the back she fucking sold off? And it was 
the armor from Predator? I don't know. Weird shit. I don't man. know. Jesse it looks like it'll be a decent movie, maybe. I guess it. Yeah, it actually it looks. The it visuals looks good. are very good. Yeah, the, it does the CGI look good. is extremely well done. It, Every, it looks and the Predator like looks classic it, in the best yes. way. Like I don't mean that in a negative at all. He looks like the classic Predator. He doesn't look like the updated RoboCop that looked like way too updated. But yeah, I just couldn't get over the fact that it starts out with a kid finding the Predator suit in the bay. I just, I want to see, I really want to see the movie just to see how they play that story out. Right. I'm sure it's like his dad's an archaeologist or something and found it in a dig. I mean, I'm sure it's something boring and stupid, but it just seems so... I, I never pictured a Predator movie starting that way, with a kid hanging out in the basement. That's just not where I've seen the movies going. But, I want I want him to surprise me, man. I don't want the same old shit. It doesn't always have to be in a jungle. Sometimes you have time to bleed, and you just need to get a fucking Pikachu bandage. Right. <laughs> I'm bleeding. I ain't got time to bleed. But I'm bleeding and I need a Pikachu bandage. I'll go get one from the bathroom. I was the governor of Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) I just want him to say that in one of his movies. I was the governor of Minnesota. (laughs) Batman, it's time to chill. And I was the governor of Minnesota. Shh. Oh, but he no. wasn't the guy from Minnesota. Oh, uh, no, no, Jesse Ventura was. I'm sorry, but Jesse yes. Ventura was in was in Batman. No, but yes, he was. Go back and watch it. He was one of the guards that freeze freezes. He was really a hundred percent. Go look it up on Internet Movie Database right now, buddy. Pop it in. Jesse Ventura, Batman Returns, or no, Batman and Robin. Yep. Is it and Robin or is it forever? Uh, and Robin. It was the shitty one, remember? Oh I my mean, god, it pops up in Google. <laughs> told you. Oh, yeah. oh shit. See, I told you. I told you he's in it. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the guards that uh, freeze freezes. Dude, he's like best friends with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Them two are buds. He's in a lot of his movies. Makes sense, I suppose. Hey, did you hear Enzo Amore will not face charges following his sexual assault allegations? I did not hear that. Yeah, Amore, real name Eric Arndt, as the listeners of our podcast will know and love, was released from the WWE after the allegations, of course. Uh, he, He vehemently denied any wrongdoing. Phoenix Police confirmed on Wednesday that following an investigation into the matter, no charges would be filed against Amore, although the case could be reopened if new evidence comes to light. Well, and in a quote, it says, the Phoenix Police Department recently informed Mr. Arndt and his counsel that there is insufficient evidence in this matter to warrant any criminal charges. That matter will not be transferred to the county attorney for prosecution. And that their investigation case is closed. No charges were ever filed. The matter is closed. Awesome. Maybe Cass will get his little man back. <laughs> Deadpool. 
very doubtful. I, and I don't know how, how that would how would that even play with with Cass's character now anyway, seeing as he doesn't like little people anymore. He would almost be like if they did, they'd bring him back as a baby face with Brian. <laughs> oh god, new tag team champs. TLD, two little dudes. <laughs> <laughs> they take on the B team. <laughs> Which, by the way, is so fucking awesome, the B-team. I love the fact that not only are they the B-team, but that the fans were chanting the A-team theme while they were wrestling. I'm that confused. Badass. Who's the B-team? Um, uh, Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. They, they changed their names. They wanted to be uh, the A-team. Uh-oh. And Kurt Angle said, I'm sorry, that's already a registered trademark. So they're like, we're the B team. The B stands for the best. <laughs> <laughs> and when they were wrestling, the fans were uh, were, cha- were humming or chanting the A team song. The theme song from the A team. I that's guess, awesome. you know what? We should let the fans know. Between Backlash being so shitty and Raw and SmackDown being shitty last week. And from everything I've heard, Raw was really shitty and SmackDown was good, Pasty and I still boycotted Raw and SmackDown. We we are, we are try to be part of the solution. When we sit here and bitch about the product, we're not the people who are going to constantly bitch about the product and then support it. Right. We literally put our fucking money where our mouth is. So we did not watch Raw and SmackDown this week. We did I'll admit, research. I'm only two weeks into my protest, my boycott, and I, I'm starting to feel a little guilty about it. <laughs> I, You know, I might, I've heard good things about SmackDown, and I literally might go back and watch SmackDown. For sure, I'm going to watch um, AJ Styles versus Nakamura. I heard that yeah, I heard awesome. that was their best to date. And uh, what was it, Seth Rollins versus Miz again? Is that what it was? Was also really good on Raw. But, uh, and I heard this this on SmackDown. Oh, um, no, Seth Rollins versus. Batter? Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Anyways, and I heard the Samoa Joe, um, promo is good, which I could not find on YouTube, so I'm gonna have to find it other means. But I heard the Samoa Joe promo is good. But yeah, we've, we both boycotted it again this week. Um, happily so, I would say. I've, I've been watching NXT. Supporting NXT, keeping up with NXT. I wanted to watch Impact, and I haven't gotten to that due to other stuff, uh, mostly cloud-style broadcasting stuff. I've been really busy editing our um, Buttered Pop Cultures and getting my next few Fantastic Fables ready because I'm ready to relaunch Fantastic Fables, baby! Baby, baby! But between all of that stuff, I just, um, no... If they can't give us the due of giving us a, a decent product worth watching, why should we give them our support? So did Nakamura win the stipulation choice match? He did, and he did it somewhat um, legitimately. So what he did was he faked a, a, a low blow injury. So the referee looked at him. The referee was turned around, and he pulled an Eddie Guerrero, you know, where he's like, oh, no. And the referee turned around. The referee was like, oh, shit. AJ hit you in the balls, didn't he? But instead of playing along, <laughs> instead of playing that that whole role out, he was like, just, just keep fighting. He's like, I'm not going to disqualify him. I didn't see him. I didn't see it. You got to go. 
And while AJ was arguing with the ref, like, dude, I didn't hit him in the fucking balls, man. It's bullshit. <laughs> the rest, um, like, the match still goes on. You're fine. It doesn't matter if you right? did or didn't. Then, um, then Nakamura ended up hitting him with the uh, Kinshasa and got the pin. So he got, like, a half-ass legitimate injury, but it wasn't just another low-blow finish or another bullshit finish. So it gave him a legitimate finish, but also didn't didn't give him... Um, didn't give either one, like, a, a real big win going into the next right, right. So he'll get to pick the stipulation. We don't know what the stipulation is. I wonder what it's going to be. Um, AJ went on WWE.com and gave a list of ideas, and one of them was a poll on a poll match. <laughs> <laughs> in which I could just, I literally, Vince not that Russo's I, wet dream. yeah, I was going to say, not that I wanted to, but I literally imagined Vince Russo ejaculating at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> a pole on a pole match, bro. How did I not think of that, bro? <laughs> I still like the idea of a pole lock on a pole. Right. I, you know, I... God, what if what if Nakamura picks a Japanese death match? Somebody, so I was, I was listening to the Wade Keller podcast, and one of his listeners was like, "You know, Shinsuke Nakamura is a heel, and he gets to pick whatever stipulation he wants. He should pick a Japanese tribute match where whoever's Japanese wins the match." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That's fucking awesome." <laughs> Walk into the ring, ring the bell, and then ring the bell immediately again. Winner, Shinsuke Nakamura for being Japanese. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Uh, I mean, I'd be pissed. I'm looking forward to figuring out what, what he chooses, though. That's doesn't matter what the stipulation is. If Nakamura chooses it, it's going to be worth yeah, watching, I, I think. I hope it isn't something stupid. I hope they don't cop out with just like a... I mean, obviously, a last man standing, like we said last week, doesn't make sense because their last match was two of them not standing. So it shouldn't be something like that. An I quit match makes sense. Um, but it has to be on the actual, somebody saying, I quit. The words love, have to be on Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where where they can't both be knocked out for, for a, a 10 count. You can count to 25. It doesn't matter. Somebody has to say, I quit. What I would love to see, but I don't even know if it would work in this day and age, an empty arena match. Man, you don't you don't see them anymore. I think the last one we had was Rock Mankind back in what 99, 99 I think. When was the last time you seen just an empty arena match? No fans, no nobody there other but camera crews and um you just record it and then you play it the next week. It makes for some vicious shit, but you'd have to have blood and you'd have to have I wouldn't want to see it if it was going to be, you know, desensitized. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I love empty arena matches. They're badass. And I guess, I guess they're also still toying around with having a tag team Money in the Bank match, too. Which could be interesting. I, I heard that. Man, isn't that overkill at this point? A little bit, yeah. And what do you a do? Little. I mean, is it... So, so Money in the Bank is, what, six... Uh, no, is it ten people? Five and five? Is it ten people? Uh, it's usually six. I think last year it was seven. I think it can is be kind six? of fluid. 
So what do you do? Like have three tag teams and then like like ladder matches in general for tag teams are weird. Are there two tag belts? Are there one? Do you both have to get them? Does one have to get them? Like they don't even know how to do cage matches with tag teams. Sometimes it's both <laughs> right. members have to be out. Sometimes it's only one. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> I I think I think two Money in the Bank ladder matches are plenty on a pay per view. I think that's just fine. A men's and a I, women. Um, I would still be okay with just doing it every other year, even. Um, I mean, obviously they're co-branded now, but at the time, I would have been okay with SmackDowns this year. Raw, like you have a SmackDowns men this year, you have a Raw women's this year. Next year, you have a Raw men's, you have a SmackDown women's. But obviously, that takes years of planning, and WWE doesn't want to do that. Right. Once again, I, I enjoy seeing, you know, three superstars from Raw, threes from SmackDown yeah. fighting over the briefcase. That's one thing we always disagree on, and and that's good, because neither one of us wrong. It's just our preference. Well, you are, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the dog uh, agrees uh, with me. Yeah, I know. Hang on a second. I'm going to open the office door and let them in. <laughs> They're freaking out up there. They don't like to be alone. Hang on one second. <laughs> All right. Hmm. What else does Pacey White have for us today? Well, Fat Mac, did you hear... The first eight competitors are announced for WWE next UK tournament. I did not. I didn't even hear there was a new um, UK tournament coming up. That surprises yeah. me because we haven't heard word of a new 205 Live or a new women's tournament. So, wow. Yeah. Well, the wow. first batch of competitors was announced for the upcoming UK tournament uh, today, actually. The Sports Entertainment Company revealed that the following competitors for next month's tournament to determine who will face UK champion Pete Dunne on 619 on WWE Network Live That's from Royal Albert Hall. I know, right? So the first day competitors were listed, and they are Joe Coffey, Joseph Connors, of course, Gentleman Jack Gallagher, Zach Gibson, Mir Jordan, El Liegro, Dave Mastiff, and Kenny Williams. Hmm. And awesome. the remaining competitors will be announced uh, this this coming Friday, actually. You know, you, um, when you were bringing up news, there is a news that I screenshotted on my phone that's actually big news also I want to talk on, but um, <clears throat> I just don't want to forget that. Um, so other than Jack Gallagher, Joe Coffey is the only one that I actually um, recognize the name of, which, which falls in line with the, the previous one. There was, there was only a handful of UK stars I knew from the previous one, and I'm sure they got most of the big ones then. So that's, that's another thing that I love about these tournaments is it introduces even us uh, uh, fake smirks, if you will, like those of us who try to keep up with shit but don't go everywhere and see everything, it, it opens us up to people that we had never heard of. And even like the, the diehard marks, there's a lot of diehard marks that didn't know a lot of the people in the Cruiserweight Classic, the Mae Young Classic, 
or the UK tournament. So I think that is one of the most best thing about these tournaments is the education or even just the um, exposure that these people get. Even the people that only go into the first round and aren't ever going to win it, they're on the WWE Network forever. Right, right. Or, I mean, for the next 10 years until it collapses, you know, <laughs> whatever. But, yeah, that's awesome, I, f- I feel. Yeah, it's cool. I'm, I'm glad to see they're doing it again, you know. They haven't done anything with the UK Championship, really, since the t- last tournament, so. Not a fucking thing. Let's hope they have a little bit more idea of what they're going to be doing going forward. Speaking of that, they ain't done shit with the greatest Royal Rumble fucking belt, either. They probably won't. It'll probably only be defended in Saudi Arabia. It was stupid to have a belt. They already had a fucking trophy that they broke this week. Oh, I'm sure the crown prince paid for it out of his own pocket. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know. They told him if you make a belt for us, we'll give you the ultimate warrior. He's like, all right. (laughs) And then... And then they fucking had James Ellsworth come over there with a painted face and fucking yell at him for a half hour, and he was happy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So so what I did want to say was this this is actually pretty big news, which may or may not be legit, but this is coming from The Hollywood Reporter, which is a pretty legit news site. Um, NBC Universal, which owns USA Network, is actually making a significant offer to WWE to keep WWE Monday Night Raw on their network. There's been a lot of talk about how NBC Universal might let it slip and uh, Fox would pick it up. Because there's also talk about UFC leaving Fox and maybe going to NBC Universal. I think everybody who's a real pro wrestling fan has been hoping for Fox to get WWE. And for no other reason than just that Fox has basically said it's going to be a two-hour Raw. Mm -hmm. They have news that they have to put out at 11 Eastern, New York Standard Time, which would be 10 Eastern Central, and they're not going to go longer than that. It would start at 7, end at 10, and WWE could put some extra stuff on the network for sure, or their social media apps like they do, because, you know, they air content during commercial breaks and shit. So they could still go long, but it, the major, you know, since it's not going to be aired on TV, the major storylines would end by 10 o'clock Central, 11 Eastern. Well, apparently NBC Universal truly wants to keep Raw. It is a big ratings grab for them. It's a money maker. They want it. But they plan on letting SmackDown go to another bidder, which could be Fox. NBC Universal is expected to pay around three times what they are currently paying to WWE at this moment to keep Raw on USA Network. And Jesus. to be fair, if and if USA told them to keep it at four hours, WWE would still be smart to make this fucking deal. You don't turn <laughs> away that kind of fucking money. That's insane. So... It's not only one of the longest-running episodic shows in television history, but it is still a ratings juggernaut at this point. But as of now, it looks like Fox appears to be the leading bidder to land SmackDown Live, as the network has really wanted to get WWE Network 
on their um, networks, or to get WWE programming, I'm sorry, on their networks and be a potential partner with them in the future, and that could open up future deals going forward. Just recently, Fox sold off a majority of their assets to Disney with the focus at the network, then shifting to around 80% live programming. So, folks... They're going to merge the Marvel Universe and the WWE Universe. Well, to put this in perspective, the the part of Fox that would own WWE would not be a part of Fox that Disney owns. It would be a separate entity. This this is the Fox network and not the Fox brand. Those are two different things. Um, 20th Century Fox is what Disney bought. Fox Network is different. And to put that into perspective, folks, go watch the very first Futurama movie where they're talking about how they hate um, twenty or uh, the Fox Network but love 20th Century Fox. <laughs> because they are two completely separate things. They are. Fox landed a deal with NFL Thursday Night Football just recently, so Fox is getting football back on their station. And the addition of SmackDown Live would give the network a potential one-two punch for live programming during the week, which is exactly what they're looking for. So this uh, this is huge business news. If you're if you're in to the business end of this, if you're into the numbers and the business and all of that shit, this is huge business news for both WWE for Fox. And for NBC Universal because <clears throat> they're losing SmackDown, but apparently they feel that's a loss they can afford, which makes me wonder how much SmackDown's actually bringing to the table for them. Now remember, this will also give SmackDown a larger viewing audience, <clears throat> um, potentially, potentially, because USA Network is in less households than Fox Network, theoretically. Again, we've talked about how with everybody streaming and shit nowadays, it's hard to gauge how many people actually have broadcast television. Your Fox, your NBC, your ABC, your CBS, your um, Freeform and, and whatnot. But, no, this is big. This is big and I like it. I like it a lot. So, it'll be interesting okay. to see with, with Raw and one network. Well, I guess it won't be, because historically they've always been on separate networks. It's only been for the last few months they've actually been on the same network. Right, Pasty? Mm-hmm. So, I guess I guess it won't be very different, to be honest. But, for, for WWE, this seems Honestly, like Honestly, it'll harken back to my childhood when SmackDown was on... UPN. UPN. Yeah. <laughs> and Raw was untouchable to me because I didn't have any kind of cable. UPN. I remember when that existed. UPN. It was a, it was a station of all black television shows and, and wrestling. Down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had Sister Sister. The Hughleys. The Hughleys. Girlfriends. Um, what was the uh, um, the one with the coach um, hanging with Mr. Cooper? Girlfriends, <laughs> yeah, and the PJs and SmackDown. <laughs> it's like, come on, 
Come on! <laughs> that was great. So I may not have watched Raw or SmackDown, but I did catch wind of the fact that the WWE intends on having um, Ronda Rousey versus Nia Jax did you at see Money in the Bank. Horrific red carpet uh, ordeal. No, oh no, I did God. not. Put it in your Google machine. It's it's awful. It's cringy is the best word. Was um, it on the show? No, it was for the, um, oh, I can't even, uh, I, I can't think of what they're called. Um, when the networks get together to promote their shows, the, um, not the call-ups. Anyways, it was a network thing. It was for, it was business-wise. Um, but they were on the red carpet and it was, they had Nia Jack, no, they had Ronda Rousey talking to Charlotte and then Nia Jax came up. And what it was was Charlotte and, and Rhonda were, were wooing together. Woo! You know, they're wooing together. <laughs> and Nia came up and she was like, so you can woo, but can you do this? And Rhonda's like, what? <laughs> She's like, be WWE Raw Women's Champion. Oh, God. And Rhonda's like, well... You know, I've only had one match, and I'm new, and, and Ronda's like, well, I'm calling you out! And then Ronda kind of hemmed and hawed, and then finally it was like, okay, it's going to be Ronda Rout, and Charlotte's like, do it, do it, do it! It, it felt like a, like a, like a, a recess fight, actually, like back <laughs> in school. And then they agreed to it, <clears throat> and then as soon as they agreed to it, you could tell it was like totally non-kayfabe, because... Then they were all, like, the three of them were hugging and smiling and kind of skipped away together. Charlotte, Rousey, and Naya. And it was like, (laughs) oh, my God. And Charlotte's like, this is going to be awesome. Like, almost just like that. It was just sickening. It was, um... I'm okay with the feud. I think the feud is going to be good. Um, no matter how much WWE and Ronda tried to play us off, like Ronda's not getting any special treatment, we knew she would, and realistically, she should. She's huge. She's a huge name, and she has talent. Um, she's not David Arquette coming in here, you know? Mm. So, she should, and that's okay. Uh, I, I think they're putting her into a single match too soon. Yeah, I don't know what you. I don't know what you do. Uh, Rhonda can't beat her at this point. But how do you make Nia beat her without Rhonda looking weak, and without, or how do you save Nia's face without Rhonda looking weak? I'm, I'm not sure how they're planning on doing it. I'm guessing it's gonna be a smudge finish with maybe the Iconics coming in and fucking things up. I don't even remember if the Iconics are on the same brand. I can't keep track of this shit. If they are, I picture them making an interference. If they're not, then I don't know. But, um... I, I, I like this. I like the, the prospect of the match. Like you said, I think this is too early for Ronda to have a singles match. And I think Nia's too green to carry her through it. I don't think she's the best person for her first singles match. So... That's again where I think... Early in the match, it's going to come down to some schmaz shit. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know what, 
but I, I like the idea on paper. Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey. To me, that sounds good on paper. It'll be interesting. Like I said, I worry that it's too soon, and I would rather see Rousey's first one-on-one match be somebody fighting her own relative size. You know what I mean? Um, Ron, what'd you say, Ronda or, or Nia? I would like to see Ronda in her first singles okay, match okay. fight somebody more her size. Yeah, I was going to say... Naya obviously isn't her same size, but I could see right. Ronda no, she's being... not like most girls. I know that, <laughs> but I no, but I could see Ronda being um, competition for. I could see Ronda being competition for anybody. But yes, I agree. Ronda, I would prefer to see not against a beast, but yes, against somebody her own size. What else do we got? What else do we got? Alright, hold on a second. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see how shitty this might turn out, but I'm gonna try to use my speaker to, uh... ...things in common, but can you do this? Woo! Wow, that's good. I can what try. Alright. Woo! Yes, it's so good. raspy. I don't no, know. No, no, it's good. It. It's good. You can kind of well, I guess. But uh, can you uh, can you do this? Uh, can you be Raw Women's Champion? And I hope so, but um, only time will tell. Is going to be good. This is going to be good. This is going to be good. <laughs> that's the that's the red carpet debacle. I I skipped oh, a lot Jesus. of crazy shit. It was bad. You got three bad actors. Um, great, great talent. Well, good talent. Ronda's a great talent in MMA. I think she's... Actually, I think she was superior in her first match, even though, obviously, it wasn't a one-on-one. But I give her all the credit in the world. Naya is still green. And actually, I think more people are getting on my bandwagon that Charlotte's very green. In fact, I've heard a lot of negative things against Charlotte lately, which I'm glad people are finally noticing that she's not great. Um, so, yeah, you put three people together who aren't the best promo, you're not going to get the best promo. Exactly. Give them a bunch of cocaine and tell them to scream. You'll be fine. Woo! <laughs> the ultimate warrior from the heavens above have talked to the UFO spaceships and they are gonna take you down because the Hulkamaniacs cannot run wild with the warriors when the warriors come up from the pastures and the fires of the prairies are burning my ass hairs and I jump seven feet into the sky and the clouds they part for me like Moses parting the waters when God sent the fires down to the bush and burnt the burning bush of Becky Lynch's pubic hairs that were on fire and shone the great skies to those above who've seen it from the bottoms of the earth, the darkest of the darks, that the lightest of the light was brighter than the white of the black of the blue. And the blue came to the yellow and said, We are green. <laughs> that was when promo was fucking good, man. <laughs> 
nuts, but the promos were good. <laughs> yeah. The golden era, that's what they called it, right? Oh, yeah. We had no fucking idea what he was talking about, but goddamn if he didn't make you want to see his next match. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I want to see what the fuck Yellow and Blue actually did to make Green, man. <laughs> She's fucking wild. <laughs> I had no fucking idea. Uh, I was loving the fucking repo man. I didn't know what the fuck he was repossessing, but it was like, hey, fuck. This dude. I'm behind him. <sighs> well, Pasty, let's get into our fucking game here. And then when we're done with our game, we can kind of bullshit along a little bit. I love having extra time as opposed to not enough time because it's fun. We can play. Right. But this is it's what weird. We meant- it's yeah, very this- weird. It is. It's very different, isn't it? It's liberating. I love this shit, man. We don't we don't get this enough. Um Hopefully so, it works. Tell for the us. folks a little bit about this game. So this game here that we came up with is called Tornado TTD. It's a play on the Tornado DDT, if you didn't figure it out. And the TTD stands for Tag Team Dilemma. Well, what is the dilemma, Fat Mac, you might ask? We have a list of 15 tag teams. Each tag team is named. That's how we know what the tag team is. And their names are two words each. Let's say, like, The New Day or Mega Powers. Obviously, the, the, the... Doesn't count oh, okay. as a word. Yes, we, we aren't doing the, we aren't doing a, so new day, of powers. Um, none of these would have an of in them, so we don't have to worry about that. I put a lot of thought into this. I even I even figure we'll do this again sometime with a three-name group, because there, there's actually a significant amount of decent three-name groups, or three-word names, I guess you should say. So what it is, is there's 15 tag teams. They have... Two words each in their name. But we're going to mix it up. I'm going to give Pasty a chance to pick a name. And so we're saying New Day and Mega Powers. Let's say New Day is Team 1. Mega Powers is Team 2. So he picks 1 and 2. We're going to say the tag team is New Powers. Because it's the first word of the first tag team, second word of the last. If he picked 2-1, it would be Mega Day. If you see where we're going. What we're going to do with that is Pasty and I then are going to freestyle a backstory on this team. We're going to give them a reason for existing, where they came from, who they are, why they exist. We're also going to come up with a rivalry for them. Which tag team, either current or past, would work as foils to this group and why? And then Pasty White is going to have to guess what the original two teams actually were. So if he picked 1-2 and it was New Powers, he would say, I think the two are New Day and Mega Powers. Or maybe he would say, I think the two are the New Blood and the High Powers. And he'd be wrong. <laughs> so, without further ado, Pasty, we have 15 here. I didn't put them in alphabetical order. I switched them up as far as chronological order. There's no real order that they're in to where you could actually come up with a system. So, 1 through 15, pick a number. Hmm. 12. 
And now, 1 through 15, pick another number. 6. We have the free era. The free era, pasty one. Should we just get the last part out of the way first? Because this is easy. Okay, which two <laughs> original teams were these? Yeah, we can go in any order. It's our fucking game. Fuck it's the, it's the free birds and the undisputed era. You fucking nailed it, pasty. Free birds <laughs> and the undisputed era. The free era. Hmm. Hmm. Are they colonials? I think they're colonials. Quakers. Quakers. I like this. Yes. The, the, the free era. Quakers. Move into WWE. Take it by storm. Trying to convert them to their beliefs and morals. Could play out a whole lot like right to censor. But with more overtly religious. The original right to censor. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say right now, Pasty, their finishing move was the Steel Oats. And they invented <laughs> Rob Van Dam's Van Daminator, where they throw a chair in somebody's face and then they spin kick it. One per- No, one, one of the team holds the chair in front of their face and then he spins kick it. They called it the Steel Oats. The Quaker Steel Oats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, who's their rivalry? If they're the, if they're the, the Quakers, the, the free era, these Quakers, mm. who are their rivalry? Oh, God. Uh, I think an obvious choice would be D-Generation X, but that's almost too obvious. Let's not go... Yeah. Let's not go that. Let's go... Um, you know what? Uh, uh, let's... Let's, we're going to steal from, we're, we're making our own rules here, pasty. They're, they're against the free birds. The Quakers are very New England uppity Quaker folk. And the free birds are down South Confederate flag waving fucking fuck your cousin moonshine drinking sort of, we don't want your religion here, motherfucker. <laughs> Like, I could see the free birds taking on the free era. I don't know. I just, I, I see P.S. Michael Hayes. To me, the marquee just doesn't for... look good. It's too much free. Okay. So what, what do you too got? Free. What do you got? How about the APA? Okay. Okay. Spell it out to me, man. Paint me a picture. Uh, <laughs> well, like I said, the... Quakers, that is the free era, crash their ship into a WWE arena. In Plymouth, Pennsylvania, at Plymouth Rock! (laughs) Stake their claim, try to spread their their views, values, and morals until they stumble across the poker game with many men drunk and smoking cigars. Put out that cigar, they say. That's what they say. <laughs> I don't know. you got to help me out here. You're so much better at this off okay, the top of the so head. I, I, I picture this. So I picture this. Okay, I, I dig the APA, but what I see is these are colonials coming in, and what it is is 
they, they come across Native Americans who are a peaceful bunch, who don't want fighting, who don't want this. But these Quakers come in and push their religion. We are the Christians. You have to follow us. You have to do this. You have to cover your shame. Finally, the natives are like, we don't want these white men, but we no fight. We hire APA for good smoke'em and fire water. And APA will handle our battles. We give them free bingo night at casino, and they shall defend our honor. And that's how the APA gets involved because they're because the APA started as a protection. It's the Act Life right, Protection yeah. Agency. So there they're you go. Here defending the poor Native Americans who don't want to fight, but also don't want to sell their souls to the white devil. That's that's where I see this going. Bloody brilliant. I like this. Oh man, it started out good. This was a good one. This is a good one. <laughs> Pacey, I'm not gonna lie to the folks. It's a warm day out. It's hot in here. It is. So I'm gonna you have might to run and grab a beer because my beers are getting warm and I'm not gonna finish these beers I've had sitting out here for this hour and a half. So let's 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 get the two names going. You start coming up with, with what you want. I'm going to grab a beer. I'll be back in 15 seconds. So, 1 through 15, Pasty, what do you want? Okay. Hmm. Let's go with 7. 7. And 9. 7 of 9. Wasn't that a, a chick from Star Trek? Yes. Deep All Space right. 9. You know. There you go. Uh, yeah, I bet they got deep spaced in that 9. Um, the tag team you got is the Young Foundation. Mull it over. Talk to the folks on on here. I'm going to be back in 15 seconds. I just got to grab cold beers. Obviously, it's the Young Bucks Foundation. Foundation. All right, I'm back with beer. So you got right. a young foundation. Yes, which I'm going to have to go out on a here and say the Young Bucks and the Heart Foundation. Damn, you're good, pasty. <laughs> Nailing it. Young Bucks and the Heart Foundation, you got that. The Young Foundation. Oh, fuck. What is this? This is pretty what generic, is so we could almost go anywhere with this. Right, right. To me... It kind of feels like a, a nexus, almost. A hostile takeover. It, it's more than a tag team, though. Oh, yeah. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. We, we're making the rules, Pasty. This can be a faction. This is a faction now. All right. The faction of the Young Foundation. And they're going to be fighting a bunch of old dudes, obviously. So it's going to be like Randy Orton's uh, Legend Killer but as a found as a faction against people who probably are too old to be wrestling currently. So here's what we got. We got the, the undisputed era teamed up with the young bucks, Marty Skrull, Will Osprey, and uh, uh, a ricochet. They all got together. They're all in WWE or they're wherever. Cheeseburger in there for good measure. Cheeseburgers in there. You gotta have cheeseburger, and they're sick of the old timers, so they're they're in the ring now. But you know what? 
this isn't your normal fucking new blood versus the the millionaires club or DX versus the establishment or or um, what did they have the main event mafia versus the young guys. No, these motherfuckers are going up against zombies. Okay, we got <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. <laughs> we got Harley Race. We got Hackenschmidt. We got Wahoo McDaniel, Luthez, Vern Gagne. And they got to stop these motherfuckers from taking over. This isn't a wrestling show. It's a it's a straight out of Walking Dead show. But they don't do it with guns and shit. They do it with Meltzer drivers and super kicks and sleeper holds. <laughs> they DDT the motherfuckers onto the concrete. Ah, that got a little too wild. A little bit. A little, too, a little bit. So, Young Foundation. So, what are the old guys that these guys are going against? Who do we got here? Who are the, who's the, who's the establishment now, Pasty? Oh God, is, is uh, Randy Orton now is the establishment? Right, he has to be one of the old guys because yeah, he was yeah. a legend killer. He's got to be the youngest of the old guys, though. Like everybody right. else, got to be like Rick Flair's age and, and like Pat Patterson and. Yep, yep. Uh, Hulk Hogan comes back, brother. <laughs> uh, Bret Hart comes back. Shawn Michaels, he's an old motherfucker. There you go, yeah, Shawn Michaels could be in there. Uh, fuck, you gotta just, we'll, we'll throw Vince McMahon in there, too. Vince McMahon, he's the leader of the Young Foundation. He's the one... <laughs> I'm sick of these old fuckers on my TV show. You gotta show some initiative. If I tell you to go and super kick a midget, I want you to jump on him and start beating the shit out of him. Right? Uh, what did you mean? Shut I don't. I, I, I think Vince McMahon thinks he's part of the Young Foundation, like in his head. There you go. I I, I think he's he's oblivious. He doesn't know. <laughs> he starts dressing in like hip hop clothes and like. Right? He dresses in '90s hip hop fashion. He comes out in like fucking fubus and shit. <laughs> baggy like ass, baggy ass Jenko jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't really know, and it, and it's not like a throwback. This is what he, he honestly thinks the shit is. <laughs> this is what the kids are into these days. God damn it! He's fucking. He comes to the ring and he's like, "I'm gonna make a match, but I gotta talk to the head booker." And he busts out his tamagotchi and starts pushing buttons on his tamagotchi. <laughs> <laughs> And Punk is just constantly falling out of the pockets of his Jinko jeans, and that's why these young guys are following him. Right, right. His money's falling out everywhere. Money's Can't keep it in his pockets. Money. They don't know what the fuck he's talking about, but <laughs> money. they're there for the money. Money's always falling out, and they're picking that up, but when he goes to pay them, he fucking pays them in pogs. <laughs> <laughs> he pays them in pogs. Tasty. Yeah. None of our fucking listeners have any idea what a fucking pog is, Loke. I don't think. <laughs> oh, they better. They fucking better. Throw oh. it in your Google machine, kids, because 
you'll laugh your ass off at the fact that we idolized this shit. Because I had, I literally champions people, get slammers. <laughs> right? And how people have fucking uh, baseball card books. I had those same kind of books of Pogs. I bought Pog sleeves that I put the oh, Pogs right. in. Oh man, it was disgusting. disgusting. I had a fucking like a NASA rocket. Yes, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Didn't that come from Burger King during the um, so. Apollo, the Apollo 13 movie? Fuck yeah, I had that same thing, pasty. I, fuck, I forgot about that. I actually traded a, a, uh, <laughs> a sad as it is, sad as it is, I traded a remote control Tyrannosaurus Rex from Jurassic Park for, for it. the Pog Rocket, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, I did. Looking back today, that seems ridiculous, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Pogs were the shit, though, man. Pogs were the <laughs> shit. All right, so we've decided the Young Foundation is a foundation built on Pogs. <laughs> let's let's go with the next ones, Pasty. One through fifteen. What do you got for us? Uh, let's go with three and thirteen. Three and oh man, you're gonna pick you're gonna pick these two groups out easily, but but I like it. It actually goes together very well. The team is Fashion Alpha. <laughs> Fashion Police and American Alpha. Perfect. <laughs> yup. <laughs> Fashion Alpha. Fashion Alpha. Oh my god. They're a team that was handpicked. By Derek Zoolander and Hansel, in character. Awesome. To represent all fashionistas on in sports entertainment. Who yes. is the team? Oh, God. I don't even know where we go from here. Well, who who do they rival against? Who Who are they against? I think ah, I think they have to go against Febreze for starters. Okay. Because they're not fashionable enough to be in Fashion Alpha. You know, that's the big the big kicker feud. I dig it. It seems a little obvious. I was thinking almost um heavy machinery because they just come out in yellow and black leotards. <laughs> but <laughs> But I, but yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go with fashion. Pl- no, let's not. Cause you wouldn't let me do the Freebirds fucking feuding with the damn free era, free era. So I'm not gonna let you do fashion police with them. Damn it! You gotta pick something else. I'm gonna pull your rules on you. Ah. You can't pick heavy machinery now, cause I already said them. <laughs> so who else isn't fashionable right now? What about uh, Slater and Rhino? Who? Legend Brothers. Oh, they're super. They got that. They got that magenta suit, and oh, <laughs> their hammers. Oh, hit me with it, baby! One more time. Brittany is dying over here. And no, that like manly manscaped beard. Ooh, I could just get lost in that for days. <laughs> Uh, sure, Bludgeon Brothers. Let's go with that. Their suits are torn. Uh, 
Sure, Bludgeon Brothers. Let's go with that. Their suits are torn. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, celebrity guest appearance, you know, for the announcement of Zoolander 3. Derek Zoolander and Hansel come to WWE, and they say, well, you guys just aren't pretty enough. And they have a team of of European man models. They could come straight out of the UK tournament. Right? There you go. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> and WWE is quick as shit to promote a movie, so they got a Zoolander three, four, three, three? four, three. Yeah. Zoolander. They'd definitely promote that. They they'd do it. Fuck yeah, they would. And you get Ben Stiller and Owen Owen Wilson, right? Yeah. Yeah, you put them on there, people are tuning in. That's what that's what Vince McMahon loves is that kind of celebrity status. Beats the shit out of Stephen Amell. Fashion Alpha. Fa. Fashion F-A. Alpha. The old F A. <laughs> Alright. Let's do one more and then we can get on some we'll talk about some other shit or we'll keep this up or we'll do whatever. Pick one more. Between one and fifteen, pasty. Okay, let's go with 13. Did I already do 13? You I think I did. 13. Not, not for I the didn't? first one, you didn't. Nope. Oh. Let's go 11 and 4. 11 and 4. We can do that. So, 11 and 4, we got the Road Whackers. <laughs> 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 That's the tag team of you and me, right? <laughs> and we just masturbate on the road. We just we just walk We're the road. Masturbate. The reason the reason they canceled Ride Along <laughs> was was us. We yeah. sat there drinking it the whole time, having a normal conversation, <laughs> drinking a few sodas. Right, right. <laughs> but just but drinking just it. <laughs> masturbation for hours on end. I love it. I love it. That's us. <laughs> you don't need anything else. Pasty White and Fat Mac. Pick, pick another two, Pasty. Let's go. I like that one. We're, we, you can't top that. It's done. It's over. We, we're the fucking road whackers. We're going to have t-shirts made, guys. <laughs> we road whackers. Just the road whackers. <laughs> one through 15, Pasty. What do you got? <laughs> I love that. That was genius, Pasty. <laughs> That's going on the clip show, baby. <laughs> Uh, sounds like uh, you need some deodorant, sir. Yeah, the old Spice Man loved the road whackers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just for the sake of stuff, let's go 15 and 1. 15 and 1. We have the Blade Brothers. <laughs> the Blade They brothers. can feud with the Bludgeon Brothers. They have samurai swords. <laughs> Blade Brothers. Oh man, what you or was it Blade Warriors? It's Blade Brothers is what you picked. Okay, Blade Brothers. God, you stumped on this. Well, it's one? obviously the Bludgeon Brothers, and okay, you got that. I, I will tell you, it's it's a 
it's a lesser known tag team, but it's two guys you know super well. I just can't think of anybody with Blade in their team name. The old school. Ah, I feel horrible right now. Think face this is the paint. only one I have. Face paint. Uh, I don't know. Think of the two biggest fucking names in the 80s and early 90s who wore face paint. Who weren't the Road Warriors. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say, the Road Warriors. <laughs> what are the other two uh, guys that wore fucking face paint? Everybody wore face paint. But we're main eventers. They weren't... They weren't a tag team as main eventers, let's say that. Am I helping you at all? No, not really. The Blade Runners! Do you know who the Blade Runners are? Uh, probably not. The Blade Runners? You really don't know the Blade Runners? Probably not. That was Sting and the Ultimate Warrior. Oh! Back when they very first started, uh, back in California. Oh. See, I never would have put those two together. That's weird. Yeah. No, that's that's how they that's how they started out. That's where they got the uh, face paint from and everything. It was uh, Blade Runner Rock and uh, Blade Runner Sting. And Sting was obviously Sting, and Rock was the Ultimate Warrior. And they, they came in, they were both bodybuilders who didn't know a fucking thing about wrestling, but they painted their faces and they looked good and they came in there and they uh, hurt everybody they wrestled, but they made money. And they were the Blade Runners. Yeah, well okay. there you go, Pacey, you're learning something new. That's, learning that's where, something uh, new. Sting and the Ultimate Warrior first came. Uh, a little, uh, to, to delve on that a little bit more, do you know what uh, Ultimate Warrior became back in Mid-South after he left California and was no longer in the Blade Runners. He was a warrior. Do you know what warrior? American Warrior? The Dingo Warrior. Dingo Warrior. Like quite Dingo the opposite warrior. of American Warrior. <laughs> Very, yeah, the complete opposite end of the globe. <laughs> All right, so we have the uh, Blade Brothers. What do we got with the Blade Brothers here? Who do they face? Oh, they, you said Bludgeon Brothers, but I'm I'm gonna call shit on that again. You can't use the it's same brother, brothers. Brother. Well, you can use brother, brother. All right, brother. These brothers came in, brother, and one bludgeoned the brother, and the other bladed the brother, brother. But it, the bludgeon's got a blade for the blades. But then the blades got a bludgeon the bludgeons, brother. Uh, let's see. I do like the fact that they come out with like samurai swords, and they're very. Very loose with them, too loose, and the cameras are all nervous about it, and everybody's nervous about them. And they like to choppy pee pee. Choppy pee pee. I choppy your pee pee. <laughs> uh, who are they gonna face? Who are they gonna face? The blade, the blade brothers take on Shinsuke Nakamura and Hideo Itami, because the blade brothers are yakuza's. Out to take out these two who have left the Yakuza for a life of pro wrestling and they don't want the crime behind them. They're like, we're done with you shit. It's basically, um, it's basically, uh, what was the, 
the Paul Walker movies. It's like the Paul Walker movies, but in pro wrestling. The fuck's the Paul Walker, Dwayne Johnson, Vin Diesel movies? Um, Fast and the Furious? It's like Fast and the Furious, but in the wrestling <laughs> ring. I was also out. thinking we could a different route, too, and it could be Razor Blades. And so it could be like them versus Daniel Bryan and Braun Strowman. They're trying to shave them. Right? Remember, that could be fun. Remember, like, six, seven years ago when NBC released a fucking news alert that there were radical Islamics shaving bears? And everybody's like, what the fuck? And then they had to correct themselves, and they were like, I'm sorry, it's radical Islamics shaving beards. <laughs> like, whoa, that fucking story changed drastically with right, one right. fucking consonant. <laughs> when, when these fuckers were out shaving bears, I was way more scared of them. <laughs> yeah, I can see How the, the fuck do they get away with that? And hey... And their 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 manager could be Brutus the fucking barber beefcake. Yes. yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yes, and the model Rick Martel. Why not both of them? <laughs> and they style it. They don't even just they don't cut it off completely. They style it. They work. Hey, they they, they end up forming an alliance with Fashion Alpha. And there it's you like go. They're out to to take the fucking downtrodden. And the unfashionable, and they make them fashionable, whether they like it or not. <laughs> they have a match with them, and then they have to get a fancy beard cut. <laughs> and wear proper clothes. Yeah, the Blade the the Blade Brothers are the heavy for fashion alpha. They're their they're their bodyguards. They're APA, if you will. I like it, pasty. Oh, well, that's about our time, man. That is about our time. Two fucking hours. You want to hear more of this game, folks? Let us know. Or more games like this. I think this was kind of fun. Kind of fun. This was good. In fact, if you like this, we're planning on doing something similar next week with, uh... We'll tell you right now. We could change it if we want, or if you want. But as of right now, it's going to be bring a past wrestler back to feud with a current wrestler. Now, these could be motherfuckers who have been dead for eons, or people who retired last year. We could have Corey Graves come back, or we could have Andre the Giant come back. I mean, anything we want, we make up the fucking rules. We own this shit. So that's kind of our thoughts right now. If you got any ideas, hit us up. You know where to get us. Facebook.com forward slash Beefsticks Podcast. You can also hit us up at beefstickspodcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at Beefsticks. You can hit Fat Mac personally up at FatMacBSP at gmail.com. You can put a comment here. At Spreaker, if you want, or wherever you listen to this, and write a comment and let us know how you feel. Um, this actually ended up being more fun than I thought it was going to be, Pasty. So I enjoyed it. I don't know what anybody else thought, but it was good shit. A lot of creative fun. We need. This is what Beefsticks was made for. More of this than just the news telling. We got to. We got to promote the news, and it's good that we right. promote the news, and we give our 
our um, but anybody can look up the news at their own time, you know. They can. We give our it's own good to give them something they can't get them. anywhere else. Exactly. That's what we're here for. We're here to entertain and educate. So kick ass. Yes. Well, without further ado, for Beef Sticks Podcast and Cloud Style Broadcasting. And Buttered Pop Culture. I was going to just say, don't forget to check (laughs) Buttered Pop Culture. I am Fat Mac. And I'm Pasty White. Beef you next week. (laughs) I was trying to leave it open for something else. I I think, man, I think we got to go with what the fans want. (laughs) Ha <laughs>